that the Lord has given me a platform tonight to give him hell. So you're going to see a boldness come out of me tonight. Um, because you know how the devil just gets too close? Jesus said his word would cause an offense if we're in error. But when the devil tries to come and offend you, he's going to see a lion rise up tonight. When you get tired of being tired of being tired of being tired of being tired, then it's time for a new season. It's time for a new season of freedom, a new season of love, acceleration. So as I teach tonight, I want you to identify where the devil is messing with you at. Because I want you to identify it, because we're going to have about an hour of worship, praise and worship, and then we're going to go into uh, about 60 minutes of powerful deliverance and healing and miracles at a level we hadn't seen yet before in this ministry. Y'all receive that tonight. We need a church that lives and breathes what Jesus accomplished. And I want us to leave here tonight living and breathing what he accomplished in that death, burial, and resurrection. Go to Jeremiah 1, 9, 10, and 12. This is what the Lord gave me when I was in my prayer time this morning and getting ready for this service. And so it told me he was really going to do something tonight that um, he wanted to be. I heard him say he wanted to be the testimony tonight. He wants to be the testimony tonight. So look at this. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. Now what that means is, when you get a revelation from God, he's put his words in your mouth. Now it's up to you to speak. Don't hold on to it. Let's go to the next one. See, I have this day set you over the nation. So you've got to have that word first. You have to have that revelation first. Before he can set you over people, which means nations, and over the kingdoms. And what's this revelation, this word supposed to do? To root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to destroy and to throw down, and then to build and to plant. You see how powerful God's word is? You see how powerful revelation is? It's a two-edged sword. It's coming to cut off, destroy, pluck up. And it's coming to build up at the same time and plant. Isn't that awesome? Only the word of God can do that. Isn't it amazing if we just speak his word revelatory in due season when it's time to speak the word, that it'll do a twofold work in that person's life. I've witnessed this in my life when I speak to people and I minister to people and the word get, the Lord gives me a revelation. And I see that sword come out and I see it go deep and I see it cut off things and I see it build up the person at the same time. They leave edified when they leave me. Amen. 
That's a true minister of the gospel. When we can only minister out the revelation of God. You just can't get up here and speak about, talk about scripture. You got to get up here and release what's been given to you. So we can destroy this devil. Let's go to 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And, and, I, and, I, and I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am, I am ready to perform my word. Now, he has to give you the word before he can perform it, perform it, right? So every minister of kingdom life ministry does not get up here unless God has given them a word. And that's why you see results. Because he's given you a revelation. He's illuminated the, the promise. He's illuminated his power. He's illuminated his, his wisdom and knowledge and understanding and one word from God. And it changes your life. It changes your life. So I want to go to uh, Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of the sight to those who are blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Now, Glory Night is about bringing the good news. This is Glory Night. It's about bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and releasing the kingdom, the glory of heaven, releasing the glory of heaven into the atmosphere, into spirits, into souls, into bodies, into finances, into social relationships, that's what the kingdom of heaven comes to do, to release that love of the Father in these areas. Amen? So listen, number one, let's break this scripture down. Number one, the kingdom gives good news to the poor. Now, first, first, the first good news of the kingdom is given to the poor. Amen? That's the first good news of the kingdom that is given to the poor. Now, in this particular verse, he's talking about, Jesus is not talking about the poor in spirit, as he did in the book of Matthew. Now, keep that in mind. He's not talking about the poor in spirit as he did in Matthew. Here he's talking about the poor as in lack of material wealth. I want to see our children, I want to see our kids, I want to see our grandkids getting a hold of this and coming up in the Lord wealthy. Instead of coming up in the Lord broke, busted, and disgusted, making God look like, a, uh, like somebody you don't want to serve. I was broke, busted, and disgusted when I was a sinner. Why would I come to God and have the same thing? Amen? So God is talking about in this scripture wealth. So it's good news of the kingdom given to the poor that they can be wealthy. Now, who is considered poor in the Greek? Now, let's look at that in the Greek. It means those who are reduced to extreme poverty or begging, destitute of wealth, 
totally lacking the world's goods. That's what it means in this scripture. Those who are reduced to extreme poverty or begging, destitute of wealth, total lacking the world's goods. So every time we preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and people receive it, material prosperity enters your territory. As I'm teaching and preaching on this scripture tonight, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, under the release of the King, He is releasing wealth into your life tonight. Amen? And wealth is an anointing. It's a power to obtain earthly goods. You can't go out there without God's power to obtain earthly goods and think you're going to keep it. You're going to lose it if you're a Christian. Because he said, you can do nothing without me. So you need that anointing. So the good news is that you no longer have to be poor. Amen? The gospel of the kingdom produces abundance, he says in this verse. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, when you seek God, what do you do? Here's what I do. I like to have communion. I like to have Bible study. I like to have meditation and confession. I like to have praise and worship. I might grab a book that talks about God revelatory instead of religious. And I like to pray, and then I like to sit quietly. That's how I seek God every morning. And he adds to me everything that I need. So that was number one, breaking down this scripture. Number two, the gospel heals the brokenhearted. The gospel heals the brokenhearted. Who are the brokenhearted? Now, I really want you to judge yourself tonight, and I want you to identify the enemy tonight. Because I told God I'm coming in to wrestle with the devil tonight, and I'm coming in with my boxing gloves tonight. I'm tired of being tired of seeing people tormented by the devil. Amen? So let's break this down. Who's the brokenhearted? Let's see what the Greek says about that. They're the crushed ones. They're squashed, pressed, torn apart, broken. Those who are emotionally and mentally broken. Their souls are fragmented into a thousand pieces. For this reason, they are double-minded. They have the mind of faith and they have a mind of fear. So if you are brokenhearted, that's, that's how you'll know. If you have a mind of faith one day and you have a mind of fear the next day or the next moment when something adverse comes into your life, then you're brokenhearted. Jesus came to heal that. Jesus is going to heal that tonight. Everything I preach on, he's going to back me up tonight. Double personalities is what that is. They, they experience these things due to physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, due to rejection and abandonment. That's how a broken hearted, broken heart comes in to a person. That's how it gets broken. Now let's look at Isaiah 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, see, see what the Lord's done? You're going to see this verse several times tonight. Boom. Boom. 
Every time you see the scripture go up, think about that. Just give the devil another blow with God's word. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So God has sent me. Apostles are sent. He has sent me tonight from my house. I feel it building already. to preach to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted tonight. He has sent me to do this. So apostles are sent to strengthen. Listen to this. Apostles are sent to strengthen the hurt, to strengthen the hurt for forgiveness. To strengthen the hurt. What's been hurt? To strengthen that hurt with love and truth for forgiveness that's what it's for that's what love and truth is all about so you can forgive you've got to forgive for God to work Jesus is working with this gospel tonight to back up everything's being preached now what is good news for you tonight think about that what is good what would be good news for you tonight divine healing and forgiveness is the good news Divine healing and forgiveness is the good news. And that will help you pick up the pieces and start all over again. Isn't it amazing? We serve a God that helps us start all over again. The devil wants to keep you down. But God enables you to start all over again. So Jesus came to heal and take away guilt. Mark this. Just check one if you got it. Guilt, shame, sadness, mourning, fear, inferiority, rejection, bitterness, and condemnation. These are the things that the kingdom came to heal. Guilt, shame. Turn my mic up. I want the devil to hear me at another level. Guilt, shame, sadness, mourning, fear, inferiority, rejection, bitterness, and condemnation. So the kingdom of God can make you whole tonight. If you wrote down one of those things, be open to receive tonight. The devil wants to wear you out to where you're not effective anymore for the kingdom. But there's a time when God raises up his standard. And that's the word of God saying it's enough. It's enough. Time's up. We're going into a new season of freedom and love and power. Time's up. So the kingdom of God brings profound healing to your heart. It brings profound healing to your heart. It penetrates your body, soul, spirit, and you will be free tonight if you are open to being free tonight.
Jesus has all this power, but he is so humble to knock at the door and say, let me in. He won't beat on the door. He's going to knock at the door. He's going to say, let me in. If you hear my voice, let me in. I want to let him in tonight. We're going to let him in tonight. So receive the good news tonight. Number three, bringing the scripture down. The gospel of the kingdom liberates the captives. Let's go back to Luke 4.18. What are we doing again? Boom. Giving him the right, giving him a left. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's the one I'm after right there. Liberty to the captives. Who are the captives? Now let's identify ourselves. Who are the captives? In the Greek, the word captive means one that was taken captive. One who becomes a prisoner by force. The captives are the politically and socially disinherited. Politically and socially disinherited. That's what the word captive means. Taken by force. Who takes us by who takes us captive? Let's listen to this. Who takes us captive? There are three forces that imprison us. I didn't put none of this on the screen. I just wanted you to listen to me. There are three forces that imprison us. Let's write these down. The devil, number one. Number two, sin. And number three, the world system. The world's system imprisons. Those are the forces. But many people are prisoners in their own home. They are trapped by race, ideologies, 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 how do you say it? Idea. Ideologies, ideologies. Write that one down because I don't want to have to repeat it. Depression, pills, medical treatments. These are people trapped at home, prisoners in their own home. Gambling, love of money, drugs. These are people taken captive by the devil himself. Excessive eating, pornography, alcohol, and the fear of death. So race, ideologies, depression, pills, medical treatments, gambling, love of money, drugs, excessive eating, pornography, alcohol, and the fear of death come straight from the devil. And, and bring you into a prison in your own home. So we're going after that tonight. These people live in a cell, the Lord said, from which they helplessly, helplessly seek to escape. 
but repeatedly fail because the devil has trapped them into a place where there's no outlet. There's no outlet. The devil has trapped them into this place where there's absolutely no outlet. So think, are you one of many of these held captives? Are you dealing with this tonight? Are you dealing with that devil and sin tonight? The good news is that the captives can be set free. The captives can be set free tonight. Let's look at Ephesians 4.8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, Jesus, when he's, what he's talking about here, he, he led captivity captive. That means leaving it powerless. He left it powerless, unable to exert damage against the people who received the gospel of the kingdom and the message of the cross. Jesus left the enemy completely powerless over a Christian. He's still in the world. The Bible says he's the prince of the air. He's the God of the earth. But for a Christian, Jesus left him powerless. Yet he is still exerting his power through a Christian, through the church. And the lion's roaring tonight about that. He's ready to deal with this in a strong way tonight. If you feel incarcerated, receive your deliverance tonight. And you can dream again. Say, I can dream again. again. Let's look at Psalm 126.1. I can dream again. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who would dream, who could dream. Zion is the church. So he's saying right here that the church can go into captivity through lack of knowledge. You can dream again after tonight. After you receive the gospel of the kingdom. Number four, we're breaking down the scripture. Number four, the gospel gives sight to the blind. The gospel gives sight to the blind. Luke 4.18. What are you going to do again? Boom. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has known me to preach good Preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind. Now, who are the blind? The blind are those not able to see, but also those who are disinherited, those who disinherit good physical health in general, and whose bodies are invaded by illness. That's what the Lord told me. He said, this covers a broad thing. It's not just your physical eye not being able to see. It's to those who disinherit good physical health in general and whose bodies are invaded by illness. So listen, wherever Jesus traveled, he preached, healed, and rebuked demons. Wherever he went, Jesus was the chief apostle. Wherever he went, things happened. Now, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So now he's got apostles all over the place. That's why he said you would do a greater work than me. Because now we're really spread out. 
So he has sent his apostles in this time as an ambassador of what he's accomplished. Say amen to that. Amen to that. So let's look at uh, Matthew 11, 4 and 5. Go tell the things. Go, tell, go, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now this is the poor in what? Spirit. The other was the poor in what? Wealth. It's up to us to receive tonight. Much of the church lives in mental oppression that manifests itself in migraine headaches. Who's ever had a migraine headache? Okay, now that's a demon. That's all it is, a demon. Much of the church lives in that mental oppression that manifests itself in migraine headaches. So the Lord started talking to me about this and showing me about this. This oppression derives from problems such as broken marriages that invites the devil in, runaway children, financial disasters, loss of employment. This is what invites that devil, giving legal access to come in. And everything seems to go wrong for the oppressed. And many areas of their lives seem to be out of control. They are emotionally distraught. Their lives seem to be meaningless. If you're not like that, I know you know somebody like that. So what is the good news for the kingdom, for the oppressed? Let's look at Acts 10.38. This is the good news for those who are oppressed. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. I think it's interesting that he said the Holy Spirit and power. Who went about doing good and healing. So you line that up right there. The Holy Spirit goes about doing good. All right. The power goes about doing healing. Remember, sometimes there was power to heal in the atmosphere when Jesus was around. They said there's power to heal in this atmosphere right now. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So Jesus can deliver the oppressed tonight. And the reason he can do it through a vessel is because I'm a delegated authority. I'm his delegated authority. I'm his ambassador. I'm his apostolic function for this group, for this part of this city. I'm his apostolic function. He's given me uh, the, the, what do you call it, the power of attorney to bring forth his word, to bring forth his power. Now, let's look at this. Number, number six, we're, this is the last thing on this, this particular group of scriptures, and we're going to go into worship. Number six was the gospel proclaims the acceptable year of the Lord. I always wondered what that meant. Like it was an acceptable time to get saved. That's not what it means. It's amazing how God puts up with my ignorance and our ignorance sometimes. That we're preaching something that doesn't quite line up with what he, what he's thinking 
but he throws grace on it. Amen. He blocks the hearer from hearing that one. He throws grace on it. He said, do that, do that with me a lot. But we ask him to continue to let grace be upon us. When we're preaching his word, when we're teaching his word, Lord, give me your grace tonight. I need your help tonight. Don't let me get up there without you or I'm going to fail in everything that I do. Luke 4.19. Luke 4.19. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, let's go to Leviticus 25.10. I think this is interesting. Leviticus 25.10. Now, we're going to find out what the acceptable year of the Lord is. Now, and you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession. Each of you shall return to his family. Now, Jesus is telling me this is the acceptable year of the Lord. So the acceptable year of the Lord is this practice began, this one right here began when the Lord gave Moses instructions on the, on the care of the land and the harvest of the land. So the name of that practice was called the year of Jubilee, right? It was proclaimed every 50 years that had to take place in Moses' days. So three things took place during that year. Let's look at this. Three things took place. Number one, all debt was forgiven. All debt was forgiven. Number two, every slave was set free. Every slave was set free. Number three, all land was returned to its rightful owner. I keep telling you, if you lost something, you hadn't lost it. You just get in alignment with, with Jesus and he brings everything back into your life. Plus what he really wanted to give you while you were trying to tame, obtain it on your own. Because he does what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. If it's from God, it's going to be more than what you've asked for. If you got exactly what you wanted, then it could have been just you provoking your flesh and your gifts to get what you want. But if God is in it, he's going to do more than what you can ask. He's going to do more of what you're thinking about. I want him in everything. So all debt was, was forgiven. Every slave was set free. All land was returned to its rightful owner. So listen, the Son of God is our jubilee. The Son of God is our jubilee. I don't have to wait every 50 years because I'd be dead by the second time it passed around. <laughs> I keep confessing I'm going to live to be 120 years, at least 120. I said, Lord, you can go further if you want. But the Bible says 120. It says 80 if you're a sinner. So we don't want to die early. Especially we've been in the kingdom life all these years. We want to go past 80 years old. And still have the mind of Christ.
still have a sound mind, clear mind. My eyes won't be dim. I'll be, my youth will be renewed each year from this day forward. The curse is being reversed once you accept Jesus in your heart. Everything gets reversed. Time gets reversed. Everything gets reversed once you accept him in your heart. He is our jubilee. He's the one that cancels the debt of sin. He cancels debt of, of money, debts owed to people. He cancels these things out when you know that he's your jubilee. You know, the anointing gets so strong, you could just run. I could run out that door, run around this parking lot right now. He cancels all debt. He frees you from slavery. And returns what's rightfully yours back to you. He's your jubilee. He's your jubilee tonight. The son of God. When he said it's done on the cross, nothing else needed to be done. He is our jubilee. When he said it's done, he says, I am your jubilee. All paid for. All paid for at the drop of one blood. And that first drop hit the ground. It reversed the curse. It redeemed the curse that was in the ground. That one drop of holy blood. Redeemed the curse. And as the blood flowed, it washed our sins. It redeemed the curse. And it washed our sins. And made us whole. Are y'all excited about this yet? Are you ready to receive the good news of the kingdom of God tonight? Let's prove it by your praise. (laughs) Let's prove it by your praise. Come on, let's... Let's go into praise and worship now. We're going to go into praise and worship for about 60 minutes or 70 minutes. And the Lord told me he's going to back up this word tonight. There's going to be powerful deliverance. There's going to be powerful healings. There's going to be powerful miracles tonight. I want your faith. When you come up tonight for for whatever it is, I know nobody's perfect in this house. Everybody's dealing with something. So if I see anybody sitting in their seats, and I know that pride's held you captive. But you want to come up here and stand in your faith. I want you to stand in the grace that God has put you in, in that right standing with him. We're standing in that grace. We have access to miracles. We have access to healings. We have access to deliverance. And he wanted me to play this one tonight because this is the first set of songs we played on our first glory night. So get happy tonight. Let's get happy tonight. 